Hey gang, this is Joe from Tectonic. I have a little message for you before starting this week's episode. We had some technical difficulties this week that set me back in a big way yesterday when I tried to edit the show. So without further ado, I'll let you get to the show. After the show, I'll explain what happened because it's kind of humorous and you might get a kick out of it. So here we go. This is Tectonic, a weekly talk show revolving around the seismic shifts in technology, culture, and to the digital age. Hello, I am Joe Darnell, and you're listening to episode number 45, and with me is my friend, Mr. Joshua Pfeiffer. How are you doing? 45, already. It seems like just yesterday we started this. Yes, we're over the hill now. It's all downhill yeah. until we get to episode 100. Tectonic is, is now like a, it's like a fat middle-aged man now. <laughs> Late night, having a drink, recording a podcast. Like you do. We're all podcast potatoes now. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got there? Are you drinking something? Did you got your bourbon? I uh, ran out of bourbon. I have a little gin. Oh, okay. I upgraded my scotch here tonight. I got something a little bit different than usual. It's more smooth than usual. I'll go ahead and introduce our guest today. We've got with us the CEO of Cloud Magic, Rohit Nadhani. How are you doing? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, Joe. I'm excited to be part of the show. You know, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing your name right every time. It's Rohit Nadhani, and I'm going to trip all over it. It's a great sounding name. It actually sounds sort of like you're an action adventure superstar, you know, a foreign actor who's made it to the big screen out there in California. It just has a good ring to it, I think. It sounds sort of like a, a cartoon character action superstar. Sure. I, Not that you're, you know, foreign, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's um, it's uh, similar to the Italian gangster family names. So It does. Like, it does, actually. That's yeah, what reminds me so, of. So, yeah. So the, I just think of those gangsters and you will have a better time pronouncing my name. Yeah, well, Rohit, yes. not Hadi. Okay, I, I think I got it now. So where do you hail from? You out there in California? Yeah, so right now I'm in Palo Alto. I moved here in 2013. Um, I grew up in India and, uh, you know, spent the first few years of my life before moving here. Okay. And out there in California, you're working on your business for Cloud Magic. You've been developing this email client for Mac, Android, and iOS. Mm -hmm, Besides yeah. that, you've also got this uh, other company uh, called WebYog. Sure. Uh, so Cloud Magic has been incorporated uh, using the profits of, the, uh, of another company that I co-founded in 2005. And that company makes uh, database monitoring tools for MySQL. Uh, MySQL is like a very popular data database for uh, you know for web uh, web and internet companies. It's used by YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and almost every internet company uses that. So uh, so we make monitoring tools. Uh, that's a small bootstrap profitable company. And using the profits, uh, I started another company which is Cloud Magic. Okay. And in your off hours, you're this, you know, techie, interested guy. Are you working on other ventures? Uh, between me, uh, between my companies and my family and, uh, you know, taking and 
taking care of my health and exercising i keep myself i don't think i get a lot of time to pursue a lot of hobbies or things like <laughs> that yeah i've got two boys and uh, uh, believe it or not i'm trying out various ways to get them intrinsically motivated about coding so uh, I'm, I'm i'm trying a few things and yeah so that that's all and uh, we do um, weekend trips. California is a great place to live. And, uh, you know, within three hours, you can go to Napa. Within another three hours, you can go to the beaches and things like that. So, yeah. I wonder if the next generation will take up coding too. You know, a lot of times the kids don't really do what their parents did. They backlash and they go off and do something else. But I should hope that they pick up the gauntlet and run with coding as well. That's, we've yet to see that in action. Yeah, typically, CEOs don't have a whole lot of downtime for uh, leisure activities, especially with a family. So that's that's great. How old are your sons? Uh, they are 12 and 9. Ah, nice. I've got a 9-year-old son as well. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, fun, it's fun to watch them grow. My kids, they haven't taken an interest in computers just yet, except for when they want to get onto abcmouse.com. Usually, they're on their iPads doing everything else there. Josh tells me I need to get the kids onto Minecraft, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to worry about getting them off Minecraft because it's so <laughs> addicting. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think any of the old-fashioned games we had were all that addicting. We had Super Munchers and chess and what was it called, Minesweeper, but uh, yeah, none of them quite like Minecraft. So um, let's go ahead and introduce the topic for this episode. Rohit, you have this uh, email client on iOS, Android, and the Mac. It's called Cloud Magic. It's already got well over, what is it, 3 million users now? Uh, yeah, around 3 plus million users. Okay. And one of the things that makes your app stand out is that you're supporting most all of the platforms. It started with iOS and you moved to Android. You're also on the Mac and you're also on the watches. So I see you on the Apple Watch and Android watches. And you were telling me a moment ago that you're even interested in moving on to the Windows platform now. Right, uh, right. So Cloud Magic is uh, not just an app, although what the user sees is an app. It's really a service, uh, both technically in terms of um, how it works and 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 the way we see cloud magic's future all the hard work is done on cloud magic servers and we push new mails to your devices saving you battery and network um, also we can push improvements to the app much much faster because we don't have to go through the app store approval process for uh, most of our improvement so bottom line is all the hard work is being done on on the service which is platform independent so just a question when whenever we want to you know it's a business decision that okay does this seem like a good time to launch a windows app and then it's a you know few weeks or few months effort to launch a windows app mm, okay so on the mac app store your pricing point is twenty dollars for the mac app version and i like what you're doing in general for pricing across the board it's very good and with that kind of pricing point, I know you're going to stay in business. You can support your company and all your employees. And it's definitely working for your customers. You've got good customer satisfaction. You've got a lot of five-star ratings on the Mac App Store and iOS, which is encouraging. What really takes me by surprise, though, is you know, I only heard about you a couple of months ago, but you've been around since 2013. And 
with an average like this, I mean, you're getting four out of five stars on the Mac App Store from well over 200 raters and reviewers, and still I hadn't heard about you. Yeah, we have uh, we have been there from November 2013, so a little more than two years. I mean, email, there are so many email tools, uh, so I'm not surprised you have not heard about us. And we were kind of in the shadows of Mailbox for quite some time, uh, you know, and Mailbox kind of gave up on on the development effort and things like that but we got a bunch of good pr uh, our biggest uh, pr that we got was from wall street journal when they that was around one and a half years ago and uh, they compared mailbox cloud magic and accompli which is now microsoft outlook uh, side by side and then they declared us the winner so in terms of pr we are we are pretty well known, uh, but you know now that you have come to know about uh, know about us, and uh, you know we are in this podcast. Hopefully, a few more people are going to discover Cloud Magic. You know, I, I often take the time to explore the latest email clients on iOS, and one of the things that really stood out to me with Cloud Magic is, as you described it, it's part of a cloud syncing service. That's really the core of your app suite, and it's already on iOS, the Mac, so it's well supported on the iPad. It's just as good there as it is on the iPhone. And uh, it's also on the Apple Watch, which is saying a lot for an email client as rich as this one. And, you know, I actually use this app on my Apple Watch. I use, yeah, a few third-party apps on my Apple Watch, and I, I get a lot of mileage out of that. You know, I use it for notifications and also reading some emails. And when I need to get more use out of it, I'll open up the iPhone app and I'll take care of email there. This goes all the way back to December. I got, you know, six or seven different email clients on my iPhone and I was trying them out and seeing what I liked. Some of them, you know, had a good experience on iOS, but nothing for the Mac. Or they'd have something in the way of an app on the Apple Watch that was, you know, working, but not working as well as I would hope. And I was wondering, like, what's going on here, guys? Why can't you have just a good cross-platform experience that feels cohesive to, and true to your particular app's brand? And if it excels the most on the iPhone, make that experience ri uh, richer on the Mac and simplify that experience for the Apple Watch. Not all of the developers have caught on to this approach, and so I don't feel like compelled to use their apps across the platform but in the case of cloud magic it's actually so cohesive i am rather impressed it's on par with apple's own mail app suite whatever you may make of that so i wanted to say yes this is first rate i like the design i like what you've achieved with it and that is why i wanted to have you on the show to discuss email issues and apps thank you and i wanted to address some of the issues with email clients in general with you when you started out Cloud Magic, what were some of the problems you wanted to address and how did you want to answer those problems with email? Uh, so there are two parts of this, um, you know, I'll answer this in two parts. First of all, uh, you know, the problems that I faced in email and things like that. And second is Cloud Magic, like why did we kind of, you know, delve into an email app? So Cloud Magic. Uh, Believe it or not, originally it was not an email app. Uh, so it was originally a personal search engine. So what is a personal search engine? So think of a Cloud Magic, the original Cloud Magic as Google 
desktop search or spotlight for all your cloud data that is scattered across multiple services. I had, you know, come to think of it, I had seen some other apps that were trying to do that back in 2013 and 14. Right, right, right. So we we did that. And that was like the original problem that I was facing. You know, we were, uh, as a startup, we were on Google Docs and some of us were using Dropbox. And, uh, you know, there's always email, the biggest, more, most massive repository of your stuff. And then I was always thinking about, uh, you know, can I get like a search bar just like Spotlight? But uh, Spotlight does just local hard disk data. Can I get it for all my cloud services? So, you know, we kind of hacked up a solution and we launched these apps on Android and iOS. The problem was um, it, it was a search app and it was not uh, part of your workflow. Uh, so people would kind of forget uh, using that, uh, using the app after they have installed it on the phone. And during those days, um, the smartphone providers would not let you extend the search results of, of default search. So for example, right now, if you search on your iPhone, uh, you can get search results from other apps as well. But, uh, you know, in, in around in 2000, I'm talking of 2011 and 12, uh, there was no way that we can augment the search results of Spotlight, which was there on iPhone. So we were, uh, you know, we were growing, but not growing at a pace we wanted. And but we had built this incredible technology where you we would, you know, create an index of all your e emails in real time and things like that. And then we were thinking what to do, and uh, you know, why is it not breaking out? And then we went and looked at the logs, the usage logs, uh, and quickly realized that although we have all these services, you know, Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds and Evernote and Dropbox, 82% of our searches were for email. So it seems like email had a very high recall value compared to everything else that we were uh, integrated with. Uh, and then we said, okay, let's, you know, clean up everything else and kind of double down on email. But we had built a lot of the backend technology. So on November 2013, we discontinued the search app and, uh, you know, built an email app on top of the existing infrastructure. And then, you know, growth took off. And now from that point, uh, we are growing week on week. So that's how, you know, so that's how kind of Cloud Magic uh, became an email app. And when we started working on that, see, everyone is not happy with their email app. You know, right. you, you you are not happy with Cloud Magic even today. There are certain things you kind of want to modify. You want it your way and things like that. So this is our attempt to create an email app for ourselves. So we are, uh, you know, we are students of minimalism. So we have tried to kind of, uh, you know, make this make this as clutter free as possible. And and then we have uh, we are trying to see if we can add more and more power uh, without letting go of the simple and clean uh, user interface that we have now. So that's uh, that's kind of the background story on cloud magic. You know, there is this paradox between wanting all of the power user features and simplicity. Right. You know, what it made me think of was you favored the minimalism ahead of the power user features and not to a fault, but actually to its excellence. It's a fine balance there where you've been refining your app since 2013 and now recently moving over to the Mac. 
I think that you paced yourself well enough that you could make the transitions appropriately. And you're just not hesitant, but you're very methodical about your approach to minimalism, which is a healthy approach. You got a couple of unique things going on here. Like for one, on the side, you don't have the sidebars that show various mailboxes, which a lot of other email apps would have on the Mac. You know, it's, it's simpler, it's matching. It's like a parody to what you have on iOS. And up in the top right corner, you don't have the search form bar. And it's actually moved over to the left where the list view of your mailbox contents is. And then you got the cards on iOS right. that integrate with other apps so that you can quickly juggle the contents of your email over to other apps to make to-do lists and other things. This is actually a power user feature. You know, you don't see this sort of thing usually this streamlined though. So it's more effective in a minimalistic way that right there from the email, you can send things to Asana and to Trello and it's tucked away until the moment you need it. And if you don't ever find the use for it, because it's not your style, you can do without it in the, the cloud magic app. But taking a step back now, I want to look more at the, the bigger issues here. You know, I don't think that there is a perfect solution for email. We don't have a system that everyone can follow that just works for them because in the, in the big scheme of things, you have one mailbox we call the inbox where all of the messages go, whether they be from family or from business and work and entertainment, they just get all dumped in one place. And that is an imperfect picture for most of us. You know, some of us are the power users that will set up the mail rules or will have features and tags. Uh, filters, I mean, and tags. And those help, but sometimes they introduce a whole brand new kind of hindrance. And that's what's just not very natural for anyone because we're not used to making so many decisions that have nothing to do with each other. You know, having the messages from our bosses and our spouses and from the soccer team, you know, coaches at all in one place, we have to switch our thinking and mindset over and over again while we're answering the email in the box. And that's just not true to the human nature. It's not how we, uh, in our mind, really process information very effectively, very efficiently. It's like your boss, you know, your mom and Aunt Matilda and the folks from Toys R Us with their ads all showed up in the exact same room together and they have nothing to do with each other. But here all of them are in my inbox and they're all asking for me to take some kind of action. Right, right. It's, it's a really hard problem. Uh, so, so the thing is, is I'm thinking that cloud magic is an excellent tool, but it is not going to be the tool that solves the problem for you because we've invented a problem that is somewhat unsolvable by simply dumping all of the mail messages into one box. And filters are not enough because we inevitably steer away from those that we've created and create new problems. Right. I think, uh, you know, I think uh, if we put, uh, if someone puts a lot of focus on this, there are a lot of these problems can be solved. But then we have to be very, very careful. We don't go the path of Evernote where, uh, exactly. where, yeah, where everything was so bloated to, the, uh, to a point that it became un unusable. So um, it, it's good that we are constantly... Uh, learning those lessons from others and, and seeing where we can take it to. You know, I think that Evernote is a very great example of this because it became the kind of hallmark, overbloated notebook app that just, 
is it represented everything that we don't want to see happen to any good app that's attempting to be a power user tool, but kind of gets off the rails in the process. They introduced notebooks, tags, all these ways to forward and share your notes, but also to gather notes from the internet. And then they wanted to support all of your devices. And they wanted you to think of it as a recipe book, a journaling app, a to-dos app. And it just got out of hand to the point that Evernote felt like it was a product by Microsoft, you know, back in the day when we used to make fun of Microsoft Word and other products like theirs, um, just anything in the office suite where you'd have multiple stacks of toolbars at the bottom and the top with all these buttons that did what exactly? You know, there was always a good use case for them some of the time, but for 99% of the users all of the time, they were not relevant. And that happened to Evernote where there was too much feature creep. Yeah, And you know what the funny thing is? The funny thing is that OneNote today, which is a Microsoft product, feels a little bit more simple than it Evernote. Does. <laughs> yeah. And there are friends I have at Microsoft who today are using the OneNote app and they're saying they're using it for that reason, that it is more minimalistic, right. it does make more sense, and they avoid the likes of Evernote for the, these reasons. But sometimes it requires uh, some courage. So, uh, give you know, just to give you an example, because P uh, this is a $20 email app and after paying $20, you don't get the sidebar and people get mad and they start leaving one-star reviews. Like my designers, uh, they, they had like, it, it's Cloud Magic is beautiful and we were excited and we launched this and, you know, and then suddenly we start getting these one-star reviews. I paid $20, where is my sidebar, you know, and things like that. <laughs> and then we kind of, you know, we because in this um, in this uh, world today, when, when the review cycle is in hours and, you know, days, you get, the good thing is that you get immediate feedback, but the bad thing is uh, it can really uh, make you feel bad because you are constantly getting these one-star reviews. And we said, you know, let's take it easy. Uh, so let's see how, you know, things are. And so we, uh, when we launched, we shot up the App Store charts, but our, but our review, like average review was 2.5 or 3. And because people were missing their sidebars and then, you know, gradually we kind of, uh, you know, went to four and I think uh, we'll, be, we'll remain 4.5 because uh, we have uh, kind of tasted that success with our Android um, apps and uh, iOS app. So our Android app, app has like 100,000 reviews with 4.5 stars. So we know exactly that kind of gave us, gave us the confidence to stick with what we feel is the right thing to do. Uh, if this was our first app, I mean, on the second week itself, we would have built a sidebar because, you know, it's just like... Exactly. People, yeah, people were going livid on like like of a sidebar. <laughs> so were y'all early adopters of various gestures that we take for granted now, like swipe left and swipe right to get to the Marcus Red, archive, delete, etc., you know, quick reply? Yeah, we get a lot of that feedback. You know, you guys uh, take two taps. I'm used to mailbox. This, this is making me slow. So we are working on that. Uh, I, I, I personally believe that the mailbox way is a slightly more efficient way once you get to, used to it. Uh, and uh, we are going to, I, I don't know whether that is going to be an option or we are going to kind of completely switch to it, uh, but we are working on it. 
So here is a little hidden gem in the Cloud Magic app. If you are on the list view of the mail messages and you tap and hold on one of the messages, give it a second and the interface updates giving you the option to select all. And if you want to select all, it'll select all the messages right there in the list and you can quickly move them all or archive them or trash them. And it's just a bit more streamlined than I've seen in other apps. I mean, it's it's not the kind of reason that you would move to this app for this particular effective use of control and taking actions, but it just, it's, it's seamless, it's smart. I think it's a bit more intuitive than the likes of what you get with Apple's Mail. I think they as well give you the option to select all, but it's just not in the exact same way, and I like it here. I don't know, I, I just think that the way that it feels executed in Cloud Magic is more like this design was steered by a few excellent designers and not by the engineers who wound up responsible for the design and then imitated design from other apps to try and match parity with some kind of other iOS app. Yeah, sure. I mean, in, in our company right now, uh, the designers are running the show. So they are the benevolent dictators of the product. So they, they are they, they are deciding what to do. And engineers are, you know, making sure the backend API is correct and things like that. I mean, obviously there is there are iOS engineers and Android engineers yeah. who, who write the code, but uh, you know, it's the designers who are uh, who are leading this entire effort. So speaking of the effort that we have on our part, there is what the users can do to help resolve the problems they face with email. And one of those that we are alluding to is you can always try a different email client if the one you currently have could be better and you know how it could be better and it could solve an issue for you that is within reason of what the developers can do for this app. So maybe you started with the default app and you're scratching your head now thinking, I need to try something else. Is it email that's the problem or is it the email app that's the problem? And I think you're all smart enough that you can figure out which is which and then you can move on if it's the mail app's problem. So we have lots to choose from these days. We have about two waves of new uh, updates to email apps every year now for iOS, for Android, for the Mac. So anytime you want, you can probably find some incredible improvements upon what has already been done. And, you know, there are some exceptions to this. Like we had a wave that introduced Mailbox a few years ago, and now it's gone. Mm -hmm. Well, um, too bad for them and good for all the competitors. You know, we got the likes of Cloud Magic that are rising to the occasion. We got Spark, which is also rising to the occasion and doing things that only Mailbox only dreamed of and never got around to doing. Yeah. But yeah, Mailbox made email apps uh, sexy again, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's what it did. Now, if you think about it, there's a, a couple other things you could do that are possible solutions for the mail problem. One is, is that you could improve upon your own process. You know, think a little bit more about what you're doing in the mailbox. Are you triaging your email messages in a very effective way? You know, do you think about quickly deleting the mail if it's unimportant and not urgent, if it's not from a significant other or someone you're accountable to? Do you dawdle with the emails that are concerning social networks and entertainment and shopping? Or do you get rid of them as quickly as you can? 
You can think about the filters and the labels that you can apply to these things. And using, if you're using a tool like Google's Inbox, you can manage things into separate mailboxes, which is great. Or in Apple's own mail app, you got the various mailboxes. You can filter things down to, and that's that's very effective. And I think smart boxes have been able to help me from time to time, depending on my my needs, which are always changing. But see, that's the thing: is your needs are always changing as you introduce different kinds of responsibilities. And so, as your responsibilities increase, or you take on different responsibilities and roles. With your job and with your family, you got to think about how you need to update your email so that you can quickly navigate through it with the context of what your life looks like right now. And I think I'm not saying anything that's new. I think you could start with Merlin Mann's talk about inbox zero. That'd be a great example where you just got to put a little bit more thought into how you're managing your own email rather than allowing it to manage you. So there is one other thing that you could count on to help solve the issues with email. You could count on the developers that design email clients for a living to create better tools to serve the effort of making email easier. And maybe you could pass on suggestions to them and you could find an, a developer that is looking for suggestions and give them feedback and work with them and maybe even do some screenshots and screen shares. I don't know, but you can do things in this market. There are many developers that would like to work with their users. Okay, so in moving on, Rohit, I, I have to ask you, do you think that mail is still a growing market? It sure seems to be now. It's, it's just right when we thought we would get away from email some of the time, now that social networks were picking up, it seems like a lot of people are turning back to email and relying on it even more because they can take it more seriously. Oh my God, it's getting stronger. Uh, yeah. So whenever someone talks about email is going to die you know i it's really kind of the opposite yeah i really kind of secretly roll my eyes and uh, you know for external communication i don't see email going anywhere uh, are you are you going to check your college admission status on whatsapp or are you going to send a quote to your prospect on slack so email is this wonderful open asynchronous platforms and we have infrastructure spread all over the internet. You know, there are SMTP servers and IMAP gateways and, you know, no, no private company can, you know, change that infrastructure. In fact, multiple surve recent surveys have indicated that email is still, still the best way to get attention compared to social feeds or notifications. And overall, the email traffic is growing every year and spam is decreasing every year. So I, I don't see why people, you know, they don't look at the facts. And then uh, I have a few friends who have moved their internal communication to other platforms. And, and, and some of them have started complaining that they are back to square one. You know, the, the problems that they were trying to originally escape from is manifesting in their new platform as well. I guess it has a lot to do with how people are using the tool and not necessarily what the app is itself. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it you know, if, uh, for example, if you have an organization culture of unnecessarily CCing and BCCing everyone just to prove that you are doing some work, that those problems will continue to linger 
in every new shiny communication platform you choose i mean you know instant messaging or chat or feed or email cannot solve those problems so uh, so we are going to see a fatigue in new platforms which which are supposed to be email killers i'm not so i i, I mean i'm continue to be very very bullish on email i mean our app usage is growing if i look at email just email statistics the total number of emails uh, sent every year the spam the rate of spam everything everything looks very positive hmm. so going back to the design topic were you responsible for the version 1.0 and if so did you have something to do with the design were you part of the design process has design always taken the lead ahead of engineering and features uh no i did not build the uh, user interface of 1.0 or not even the mac app we have a great design team that uh, you know that's really passionate about minimalism and creating they are very passionate about creating simple and snappy software products uh, so they design everything obviously you know they take some of my inputs into into consideration uh but one the, the very important thing that i kind of contributed is is um, you know so design they manage but i always emphasize emphasized that speed is a feature of everything we try to create so for example uh, right now cloud magic is not very feature rich but it's really fast and simple some of the things that i truly believe it like speed will never go out of fashion you know even though the processor speed and memory increases and whatever so people really like snappy software so i i kind of try to contribute in terms of uh, you know suggestions to improve snappiness and things like that but it's just is is our great great design team that uh, you know has designed all of this when you started building cloud magic did you want to outdo your competitors or did you have a market in mind that you wanted to discover where was your vision at the time for your email client i was i was using uh, gmail uh, on my iphone as my email app uh, i was a, a user of evernote but then uh, kind of found started uh, finding evernote very clunky um, so kind kind of always uh, looking at interfaces and and seeing what can be done and what cannot be done uh, and when kind of cloud we decided on cloud magic uh, to become a, like a full blown email client paid a lot of attention to these nuances and, and things like that uh, so yeah my my email client before cloud magic was gmail uh, on ios but gmail is uh, you know age html a lot of gmail on ios right now is html so that's why they don't have smooth swipes and things like that are you using the apps on android or on ios do you use them on the apple watch what is your personal preference uh, i am a mac and ios guy yeah oh i use a lot on the apple watch so what i do is cloud magic has an option um, to uh, when you start a mail you also mark it as read so i just keep two uh, two states for my emails is it start or not start i have removed uh, unread uh, completely so the way i do my uh, workflow is i don't delete or archive i am not an inbox zero users i follow gtd using stars so 
either I'll reply immediately or I'll star that mail for later. And once in a while, I clean up that start list. So that's how I manage my workflow. And also, um, I have enabled notifications and I read my emails immediately when I'm working. Uh, so some people have tried checking email only two times a day, you know, at specific intervals. Unfortunately, I can't even afford to do that. Uh, because as a CEO of my company, my job is to take fast decisions and I cannot be at peace knowing that my team is waiting for a decision which they will get only during my next email checking window. So I have tried all of these, uh, you know, willpower and whatever, but I said, no, you know, screw it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to keep my notifications on and I'm going to reply as fast as possible to all emails that need that reply and some emails they either require a long form reply and I'm traveling or I'm driving or whatever and then I'm going to start it and uh, you know come back and clean them later. Okay one of the questions I actually had with the app was stars are basically the same as flags right? Mm -hmm. So if I star a message in the inbox or any other mailbox Will it uh, be, keep that flag star if it goes to the archive? I think or if it, I delete uh, it? it leaves uh, it uh, as a starred, as flagged in archive as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, but since I don't archive, uh, I'm not sure. But I, I think we don't clean up the flag once you archive it. Okay, because what I usually do is as I read my inbox, I'll star the things that I know I want to reply to or take action for. And then anything else I don't need to take action on goes to the archive or gets deleted. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I start it, it may stay in the inbox, but I'd actually prefer if I could get to inbox zero and start something and send it to the archive so that it's still in a uh, starred list. So that if I wanted to view all my starred uh, mail messages, I could pull them up even if they were archived because whether they're, well, if I reply to it, I probably never want to delete it because it may turn up irrelevant again. Sure. And if I've started, I want it to be available to me for taking action on until I'm done with it. I, I think our workflow is similar. The only difference, as I could see, is that I don't even bother to archive. It's just, for me, it's just one endless stream of emails and uh, I just need to get back to start emails every once in a while. So what are some of the challenges that your design team, your engineers are facing in 2016? You have a very large team and I figure you, you're keeping them busy around the clock. And I imagine there are some growth potentials. There might be bug fixes. Who knows? Are y'all ready and, you know, cracking the whip on new features? So there's no... I, I don't think there are specific challenges uh, in this. I mean, that I could like list on. These are my challenges. But generally, it's building an email app is hard. I mean, just I would think that a lot of the work would just be absorbing all of the feedback and responding to the emails, you know, yes. that you have to juggle all the requests all yes, the time. Yes, exactly. That's our biggest challenge. Uh, uh, you know, just the table stakes for a complete email client is so high. It's so high. Well, you don't, 
you don't realize because people are so sensitive that oh my folder is not there my swipe is like half a second slower why you know i i want this auto bcc feature because i'm using it on outlook for the last 30 years and you have charged 20 dollars and you don't give me an auto bcc feature and things like that so uh, sometimes just the team gets exhausted uh, you know just listening to those features uh, and uh, but our uh, but the thing that's going well for us is our active users are growing week on week so when we get, look at our you know weekly active users weekly reports you know we kind of that keeps us uh, steady and uh, that makes sure that kind of we don't get uh, impacted by all these uh, uh, you know all, all these requests yeah we will we will probably end up delivering a lot of requests but just you know just the high user expectation from day zero from an email uh, kind of sometimes kills you one of the features that i really appreciated from day one with cloud magic was that it supports all the email services available we've got icloud exchange you've got gmail google apps yahoo mail uh, did i already say icloud so it basically IMAP, yeah, them too. So anything that I wanted to throw into it was already supported. And that is something that's not true about a lot of the other third-party email clients that they support Google Apps and iCloud, but they don't have IMAP or they don't have Exchange. So from the get-go, this was one of the reasons why I took the plunge with iCloud. And just for that reason, it stands out from a lot of the third-party apps. One of the other things on your website it says that stands out about Cloud Magic is that y'all provide exceptional customer service. And I imagine this has got to be a hurdle because everybody is going to be scrutinizing your workflow and your approach to how you communicate via emails. And so I wondered initially, do the guys at CloudMagic try to offer customer service exclusively through email replies or do y'all have some sort of chat system so we are uh, we are active 24 by 7 on twitter and email support uh, so if you tweet uh, something uh, you know at cloud magic you know you will get an immediate reply or if you if you oh. write to us uh, at hello at cloudmagic.com uh, we will reply within a few hours so far so good with that system y'all are getting positive feedback and people seem to like the system yeah that kind of it's an email app so you know email support is kind of natural from inside the app so once you kind of email from inside the app we don't have to ask you the you know the, the usual questions so, what, what, what you know what is kind of uh, because you have this uh, option to uh, send us some diagnostic info as well so we don't again you know ask you hey what's what's your username in cloud magic what are the services you are using on what device are you using this phone uh, or, or are you using this app and things like that so just you know when you kind of contact us from within the app um, we have uh, some of your uh, you know troubleshooting parameters also optionally we kind of uh, you know attach that so you kind of get support very quickly mm. So another feature in Cloud Magic is called Team Contacts. Mm -hmm. And who do you see Team Contacts for? It's a unique approach. It's different from default contacts book on your iOS or Mac system. So, uh, so Team Contacts is really um, shared contacts without you and, and your team members, you know, setting up a, like a CRM or something to do that, right? 
So, for example, you know, you and suppose you're working, let's say, for as a part of a sales team or or you are part of a PR team. And uh, as part of the sales team, you you want to reach out to, say, IBM, you know, and then you want to find out if someone else in your team has already got, uh, you know, a connection in IBM or a thread with someone working at IBM. So generally people, what people do is they expect every salesperson to log all their, you know, all, all their activities in a CRM software um, and which is, and most of these activities are email um, that they have exchanged. So what we do is that if you sign up and invite your team members, we kind of create a shared address book which is a superset of all the contacts that your team has uh, so if if someone in your team has already been in touch with ibm you kind of know uh, that okay you know this guy tom was in touch with ibm already so better you know i can get some context or i can ask tom to make an intro and things like that and uh, we do this inside an email app uh, to give you this aha moment uh, so as you are composing an email to IBM or you receive an email from someone at IBM we can immediately tell you you know John was already touched with some of these colleagues of that other person by do doing a domain lookup and things like that so it, it's like uh, you know your ambient uh, lightweight CRM system in built uh, uh, built inside the email app uh, it it has not taken off the way we wanted to do it uh, is because uh, we didn't have a desktop app and this is really a desktop use case so we mm. are going to uh, we are going to bring uh, bring it on, on on the desktop in the next few weeks mm. and that's one of those curveballs you just never know you think you found just the right feature at the right time and you're going to introduce it and it's going to make your app stand out and it doesn't uh, it doesn't take off the way you expected but you learn a lot from that experience and all the developers can learn from each other. I guess that'll wrap it up for this episode. So thank you so much, Rohit, for joining us for Tectonic. Hey, thank you. I enjoyed doing this. It was a pleasure to have you. And I'm going to continue using Cloud Magic for the immediate future. You know, like I said, it just suits all of my needs at this time. I can have all of my Mel clients in the One app and check them on the iPad, my iPhone, my watch, and my Mac. So you've got me all set. Thank you. Yeah, I I hope we'll not let you down and you Cloud Magic should be your email app for a long, long time. All right. So thanks for joining us for episode 45 of the podcast. Show notes are available at tectonic.fm slash 45, where you'll get all the links to anything that we discussed. The show is at Tectonic FM on Twitter. I'm underscore Joe Darnell. My co-host is Joshua Pfeiffer. His last name is P.E. I-F-F-E-R in his Twitter handle. And Rohit, our guest, he is at Rohit Nadhani. That's R-O-H-I-T-N-A-D-H-A-N-I. And again, the links to these will be in the show notes to make it easy for you. If you want to show your support for Tectonic, head over to iTunes and give us a quick star rating. And if you want to email us with questions or a topic idea, send those to hello at tectonic.fm. I've been Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Tectonic. Goodbye.
Okay, are you ready for what I said I'd have at the end of the show? I want to explain why I had technical difficulties. Uh, this won't take very long. Basically, we record the shows using Skype, which is a really great chatting system, and a lot of podcasters do. But we encountered a bug with the plugin that we use to record our calls called Call Recorder by Ecamm. They've been very reliable, lots of podcasters use them, and when we ran into this bug, guess what? Also, our backup system failed for us. So, lost the backups, and I was stuck with my voice sounding like this. This is Tectonic, a weekly talk show revolving around the seismic shifts in technology, culture, and the digital age. Hello, I am Joe Darnell, and you're listening to episode number 45, and with me is my friend, Mr. Joshua Pfeiffer. Naturally, I would not put that out as the regular show. So without a backup copy, I re-recorded everything I said for the show Saturday afternoon so that you would have this week's episode. I hope you appreciate it. It took a little extra while to edit. I got an update for Call Recorder. The bug is permanently fixed. They took care of me. Don't have to worry about this in the future. So as long as the backups come through and Call Recorder comes through, we're good. Have a great Valentine's Day. Yes, we're, we're over the hill. It's all downhill from here until we get to episode 100. Ah. <sighs>